Hub Hopper Originals. This is his first ball. Through the gap, on the offside, listen to it. Hello, Namaskar. My name is Sumed Bilgi. You're listening to the cricketnews.com podcast. I hope you all are doing very, very well. You know, with all the irregularities in the world, on this show, the attempt is to give you something regular. A pinch of laughter, a spoonful of stories and a mix of cricket. And that's what we're doing again on this edition of the show as well. On tonight's show, we take a look at three-team cricket, the format, the rules and more. And amidst all the new changes and innovations to the game of cricket, the need to be adaptable more than ever. And so, I speak to someone who embodied the word adaptability in his playing career for England and now in his coaching pursuits as well as the guest on tonight's show. Alright, let's get on with the show. Irregularities are a but a rather welcome irregularity in the world of cricket is the big story this week, which is a brand new format born and set to see the light of the day in South Africa, which is being called three-team cricket with the introduction of the Solidarity Cup. Three-team cricket in partnership with Cricket South Africa is a format in which three teams, yes, three teams with eight members each, play in a single 36-over match playing in two halves of 18 overs each. Look, it's happening, right? 2020 is changing the world. 2020 has not left cricket. Two-team sports are also a three-team sport. Ban gaya. Uh, anyway, changing times. Chalo, at least the money raised from the sponsorship of the three teams will go towards a newly created cricket hardship fund, which is a good thing again. The fund aims to provide relief for people within the cricket industry who have been affected by COVID-19. The teams are being called Kingfishers, Hawks and Eagles, who will all play against each other in the same game. A.B. de Villiers, Quinton de Kock and Kagiso Rabada will captain the three teams respectively. June 27th is the date. Supersport Park in Centurion is the venue. Okay, here comes the tricky part, the rules. Now, many people have explained this to them, but I am also going to give it a go. If you have understood it, share this episode so that others can understand it. Chalo, deep breath and go. Three teams, 36 overs. Two halves of 18 overs. Every team gets to bat for 12 overs, but it will be split between two six-over phases, one in each half. Itna samajh hai? Good. In the first half, teams rotate from batting to bowling to the dugout, with the starting positions obviously determined by a draw. In the second half, teams bat in order of their highest scores in the first half. If scores are tied in the second half, the first half order is reversed and you go again. And after the fall of the seventh wicket, the last batsman stands alone in the second half. However, he can only score in even number of runs. 2, 4, 6. Ye sab wo score kar sakta hai, not 1, 3 and 5. If the seventh wicket falls in the first half, the team forfeits the remaining part of the first half and the last batsman resumes the innings in the second half. Each bowling team has the use of one new ball for the full 12 overs, which is used for both opponents. Matlab, ek team ko ek ball milti hai, aur uh, wahi ball they use for the first six overs in the first half and the second six overs that they bowl in the second half. A maximum of three overs per bowler is allowed. So you have to, as a fielding captain, decide who bowls in the first phase and who bowls in the second. So there's going to be a lot of planning that has to happen on the spot itself because you don't know what order you're going to go in, etc. An uncompleted over due to the fall of the 7th wicket is deemed to be completed with dot balls, obviously. 
at the end most runs wins gold second silver and third bronze this is obviously decided as a culmination of the two matlab pehle innings mein aapne agar 40 runs score kiye dusre baar jab aap aaye batting karne ke liye to aapne 40 aur score kiye and you so your score is 80 if that 80 is more than the opposition say 65 or 60 then you get gold and the 65 gets silver the 60 gets bronze hai na that's how it is I honestly don't know how this is going to pan out but what I definitely know is that a lot of confusion is going to happen during the game. Power play rules, fielding restrictions and some things are still not clear. But at least the players are excited about it since they are absolutely done sitting at home through and through just like you and me. AB de Villiers jo cricket mein ek comeback of sorts karne wale the through the IPL ab return karenge through this format by captaining the Kingfishers in this league. AB was at the Zoom call launch of 3T cricket and it seems like he's excited because it is fulfilling one of the joys that you and I had when we played gully cricket. Listen to AB yourselves and you'll know what it is. It's completely different to be honest with you we as, as players we have no idea what to expect. Um but uh, but with that comes a lot of excitement and um as a player I'm very excited just to get back on the onto the park and it's going to be Super Sport Park my favorite ground over in South Africa and very excited to take the field and and try out this new format uh, what really stands out to me in this format is that last man standing as a youngster i've always dreamed of the the opportunity to be the last man standing for your team and winning that game so with this new format we we certainly get that opportunity and i'm looking forward to that at least he was honest there even we don't know what to expect from it ab we'll just have to wait and see certainly will be fun to see the return of um, mr 360 on the pitch so that is something that i think we will all look forward to on the 27th anyway with the england versus west indies series in july and this series kicking off towards the end of june safe to say that cricket is back but the adaptability factor in the game has gone up more than ever there's a ban on usage of saliva no close in celebrations no spectators more drs reviews in tests which is weird but now also a new format of the game with lesser players per team but more teams per game all of which is weird but it's the new reality of the game what can we do and with this it seems like the need to be adaptable as cricketers has risen more than ever and this week on the episode i decided to have someone who embodied the word adaptability in his playing career and continues to do so as he moves towards coaching with 71 odis and a few t20s and tests for england he played a definitive role for asian englishmen to be a part of the setup in english cricket he is now also pursuing a career in cricket coaching having led the rajshahi royals in the bangladesh premier league last season to a title victory as well He talks to me about being adaptable as a young cricketer as he moved from Pakistan to England to pursue his cricket and being adaptable to now coaching cricketers from different backgrounds in modern T20 leagues and turns out ye hindi bhi kafi achhi bol lete hain don't miss out on his impeccable hindi and more in this chat on episode 5 of the cricketnews.com podcast with former england batsman and now coach always shah You're listening to the cricketnews.com podcast. All right. So Oveshah, welcome to the cricketnews.com podcast. I'm sure the lockdown is treating you really well. I with whatever I heard from earlier, <laughs> you're not taking to it really well, are you? No, I'm good. I'm good. Look, um you know, on top of that, I'm doing plenty of stuff in my garden. Uh just trying to stay active, play football with my son. 
my daughter goes for, and my, also my son also, they, they go for their bike ride as well. So we all try, we're trying to be a very active, active family. Um, and also in the other time that I have, which we all have a lot of at the moment, I'm yeah. uh, trying to do some online cricket coaching, my Ace Cricket Academy, right. uh, which we have moved online stuff where we're interacting with kids uh, all over the world, really. We've got kids from America and we've got kids from India and, of course, UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're just trying to interact with them in regards to not just cricket. You know, life, for me, it wasn't just about playing how to play the cover drive. For me, it's, it's it, it, uh, cricket coaching, I believe, runs deeper than that. Um, and then right. what I mean by that is, is trying to help kids uh, along uh, in this lockdown period, what mm-hmm. they can do to be active, try mm-hmm. and not get into bad habits of watching television for, you know, hour after hour after hour, just because you feel you don't have anything to do. So we're trying to give them options. Yeah, I know it's a little thing, but I think it makes a world of difference. Uh, you mentioned about uh, watching a lot of television and I actually overheard you uh, speaking to your son before we got on this call and you were telling him just one hour of computer, nothing more than that. <laughs> is, is that your style of parenthood? Is that how you sort of... Go? Yes, it is. Um, I'm a little bit old school, uh, you know, I'm an old fashioned kind of parent. And what I mean by that is, is I grew up with, I didn't have a computer. Uh, I mean, uh, we had Atari and things like that. And it was only certain amount of friends uh, that I had, they had those kind of things. So it was a joy to go to their house and play computer games because my father didn't you know didn't want me to play any computer games he believed that I'll get a bad I'll get bad eyesight and things like that and my my health might not help my cricket career and you know looking back on it I spent a lot of time out playing either any type of sport whether it be hockey whether it be cricket whether it be football anything like that you know we were all I was also playing corridor cricket I would play cricket at 10 o'clock at night in my bedroom with my friend. I'll invite them over and say, come on, let's play cricket with a table tennis racket, table tennis bat and a table tennis ball. Uh, because we didn't have the options of uh, computer games. Uh, nowadays, kids have those options and they, I feel they spend too much time on it, uh, which I don't have a problem with. But the a problem I have is they spend time on the computer, but they're sitting down. Now, sitting down for hours after hour after hour is not good. So mm-hmm. I would like my kids to be active. It seems like you've had a childhood where everything was centered around your cricket. I mean, my kids are learning online at the moment because the schools are shut. So they're having to spend right. the whole day on the computer. So you've got to adapt with times. I think adaptability is a, a big phrase in my life. Mm-hmm. I believe that you've got to be able to adapt to the situation and make mm. the best use of it. Uh, you spoke about adaptability and that I think was a key virtue of your cricket as well. Um, you know, just sticking to coaching just for a little bit away, is, is that something that you, uh, you know, try to sort of uh, use in your modern day coaching as well? Because you, a whole, you know, you coach different sets of people, right? In different age groups, you have your own academy um, that's running, but you also coach around the world. Um, in the BPL, like you mentioned earlier as well. Um, so I- is there some sort of switch on, switch off mode where you, when you're coaching different sets of uh, you know, cricketers at different age groups? You know, I look at culture. I look at where people mm-hmm. come from. And I think you've got to address uh, those uh, people in a, in a particular way. 
What I mean by that is uh, people from, say, Australia is a different culture from people of, say, India or from Bangladesh or from the Caribbean. Uh, you, I believe that you've got to try and adapt your coaching methods depending on what kind of personality and what kind of culture people come from. Now, somebody from the Caribbean typically uh, is a lot more relaxed, but mm -hmm. when they work, they work bloody hard. They do. Um, so you know what you're going to get. Um, someone from, say, Australia, they're just full on all the time. You know, they're, so you've got to adapt uh, to what kind of right. audience you've been given as a coach. Uh, and you've got to bring all those different personalities and those cultures and try and bring them together and play as a unit. For me, that is the biggest challenge. And that's something I try and think about when I coach. I look at personalities and I look at culture and try and talk to people so that they can come together. The issues I face there are, of course, you know, people like to sleep late or people are early risers or whatever it is. Yeah. And you've got to accept that, but you still got to make things work. So yeah, I do try and adapt uh, certain things so that people are in a comfortable place. Uh, but then of course they all know that when we work, we work, we don't mess right. around, but there's no, there's no working at 80%. Now that preparation has mm. to be physical and mental. You know, you can't just be a physical preparation. Okay, you've had your nets, but what kind of state of mind are you in? You know, so you've got to get to know your players. You've got to understand where the culture is, where they come from. And that's the right. big thing for me when I coach. Is that how players are today, where they sort of push themselves on the field, but then... When they're off it, they don't want you to be telling them what needs to be done. Is that, is that something that you find as a pattern across the world, wherever you coach? Yeah, I mean, but, but I mean, let's be honest. I mean, why would I need to tell anyone how they, what they should be doing okay. once I've finished coaching? Yeah, yeah. Once the cricket is finished, uh, I mean, what am I going to tell someone how to sleep? Or, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you see, we're all adults. We are all responsible for our actions. Now, if right. a player wants to have McDonald's every day and sleep for only two hours, I can guarantee you they won't have much energy. And yeah. all we can say is, look, you're not going about it the right way. But at the end of the day, they are responsible for their own actions. I mean, I, like you mentioned, I, I was born in Pakistan, uh, you know, growing up on uh, curry all my life. Mm -hmm. But as I got becoming, you know, a professional cricketer, you can't have curry every day because yeah. it, you, you carry weight. You have to monitor what you eat. It's adaptability. So all that kind of stuff, I'm there. But ultimately, I think guys are, should be responsible for themselves mm. at this level of, you know, at practically, you know, these 2020 leagues that I'm coaching or say international level. Yeah, tell me about that. You've been coaching in, in, the, in the Indian subcontinent for a while now, haven't you? I mean, I, yeah, I did Bangladesh. Uh, yeah. Recently in January, we uh, we won the right. tournament. It was my first stint as a head coach of Rajshahi Royals, and uh, that went yeah, we well, won the tournament. <laughs> that well, yeah, I mean, we it was it, it, it was brilliant. It was a wonderful yeah. experience. We had a very good squad, and uh, yeah, we ended up winning the tournament uh, in the final uh, against a very very strong team. Um, and I, and all I just remember is that that belief going into that game of all the players that if we play to our strength, 
right. uh, we will win the game. You know, that was refreshing. I mean, no one goes into the game thinking, yeah, we'll definitely win it. You know, you always respect the opposition and think, okay, you know, they're, they're, they're good opposition. They're, they deserve to be in the final. Yeah. But we, when we play as a unit, uh, you know, we're unstoppable. And, and, and I could just see that in the players' eyes uh, going right. into the final. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we performed unbelievably well. Uh, some players were outstanding right throughout the tournament. And, uh, yeah, we had wonderful camaraderie and we ended up winning the tournament. And I was, I was a very happy coach uh, yeah. to win one, my first tournament as head coach winning the BPL yeah I was uh, I was over the moon let's take a quick break on the cricketnews.com podcast Ovisha speaks about playing 71 ODIs for England and more on the other side so don't you go away welcome back to the cricketnews.com podcast we are in conversation with former England batsman and now cricket coach Ovisha I want to actually also talk to talk to you and hear from you about you know about your playing days you know of how you moved uh, you know, to England from, from Pakistan at such a young age um, and, and, you know, particularly to pursue your cricket. Isn't that right? Well, yes, a little. Yeah, it is right. I mean, I was, basically what was happening was I was offered a professional contract at 14. Um, sorry, I lied, at 15. Mm-hmm. So my parents said, okay, you can move over there and play professionally um, and go to school here. So then Middlesex County Cricket Club helped me um, in regards to my develop, uh, my uh, qualifying period for, to become English. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how basically it all began. Uh, really, yeah, at the age of 15, I was uh, playing professional sport. I was very lucky, very fortunate to be involved at such a young age, but it was great. You know, it was, it was just, it was just a great opportunity for me. And my, I'm glad my parents saw it that way mm. uh, to think, you know, how he has a great opportunity to, to have a career in cricket. Uh, so why not, you know, why not uh, take that opportunity? Uh, and yeah, uh, I think talking about earlier about adapting different culture, coming from Pakistani culture to England culture, I had to adapt, of course, otherwise you wouldn't survive. Mm. And uh, you've got to be able to adapt. And yeah, that's something I, I had to do. And, and I would encourage players to do that, uh, to adapt to different situations. Because uh, if you can become successful through adapting to different situations, you can take that model and apply it to any time right. uh, in your life or in your career and uh, to become successful. Was it, was it naturally easier to progress in cricket um, in England compared to Pakistan in your time? Yeah, I think so. I think it was a it was a it was a far simpler route to the top. Mm. Uh, and look, by the sounds of it, I mean, I, I mean, like I tell, like I said, at fifteen, I was offered a professional contract. I wasn't getting offered a professional contract in Pakistan at fifteen. Right. So I was basically, you know, nearly there at fifteen years old. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the level below playing for your country is first class cricket. Right, and I was part of you know playing professional cricket, which is first class cricket. I mean, I wasn't playing first class cricket; I was playing in the second eleven. Yeah. Uh, so I was two steps away from playing for England, really, if you look at it that way. So that's pretty cool for fifteen, isn't it? Exactly. So it made it just made a lot of sense to play here mm. in England, mm. and um, 
you know, the, the, the coaches, the, really, the organization believed in me and hence they offered me a contract. So it would be pretty crazy to go against that and try yeah. and pursue a career in Pakistan where no one was offering me a contract like that. Mm. Um, uh, so yeah, other thing, and, and also I think they were, they, my parents were also saw the other side of a 15 year old that as a 15 year old, you're going to go to school, you have to have education, you've got to go to college and university and why not uh, study in, in a place like London compared to Pakistan with all due yeah. respect to yeah. Pakistan. Um, so it was just a good all round opportunity yeah. for me. But also I think my parents realized that, you know, I've, I mean, I've got two older sisters mm. and it would be a great opportunity. I mean, they're not professional cricketers, but again, they had to go to school and university. So another right. great, great opportunity for my sisters to attend universities in the UK uh, compared to Pakistan. So you obviously, you know, got a professional contact at 15 you went on to make your debut, um, you know, a few uh, a few years later. Played about seventy one ODIs, a couple of tests, a couple of T Twenty Is. How do you look back on your playing career? I enjoyed it. I mean, I love playing for England. Um, I loved performing uh, in front of a full house. I loved all that. I just wish I had more opportunity in Test cricket. Right, um, and I also felt that when I was playing my best one-day international cricket is when they, when the team decided to drop me, um, mm. which is very very strange uh, decision by them. But it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, that's when I mean I was, yeah, I was about around thirty thirty one when I was playing so it was my best cricket of my life for England, um, and then obviously found myself out of the team. Uh, but yeah, look, I loved every minute of it. I loved. We won a series in Sri Lanka against Sri Lanka, which was unheard of. Mm. We, uh, you know, we achieved a lot of stuff. We beat India in England in a one-day series, which was very closely fought. Played against some of the great names who have played the game. Sachin Tanuka, Rahul Dravid were playing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you know, we had a lot of, we had a lot of fun uh, playing for England. Yeah, I just loved every minute of it. Yeah, just talking about test cricket. I mean, you made your debut in 2006, Bombay, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, and uh, scored about 80-odd in that game, contested game. Right. Actually, Sachin Tendulkar was actually booed onto the field by the Mumbai crowd. They booed him when he walked wow. into bat. And then they booed him when he walked off, when he got out, which all of us were shocked. What was that about? The boos. And he wasn't scoring any runs, so mm. they booed him. Mm. Uh, so... Maybe you should ask people in Bombay, why the hell did you boo the hero of Bombay? But yeah, he, they, they booed him. And we as England players felt bad for Sachin because we didn't feel he deserved that boo. Regardless how bad, bad his form was going, it doesn't matter. You don't boo the greatest batsman to have played the game. I mean, you just don't do that. Uh, and especially in his, own, in his own city where he's born and... You know, yeah. uh, so yeah. that was pretty sad, um, but it is what it is. That was the Bombay crowd. Uh, you can't really uh, tell the crowd what to do. Um, but yeah, my debut test match was, yeah, uh, Monty played. I think Monty, I remember Monty dropping MS Dhoni at mid-on yeah. uh, on a high catch, but then he actually caught him, I think, a few balls later 
in the same mm. position <laughs> with the same shot. Uh, so that was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, look, I mean, we, I, I mean, that test match was amazing. I, I, I mean, people won't know this. Uh, I actually wasn't supposed to play that test match. Right. I wasn't. I wasn't in the team. I because the coach, the coach announced the team the night before mm-hmm. the game, and uh, we had a team meeting. That coach announced the team. I wasn't in it. Right. And I remember very clearly. I went back to my room, and I was. I remember clearly. I was in the shower. Mm. I was still trying to think. However, not playing this test match. Anyway, I got to the ground, and uh, the coach. Um, said that Alistair Cook has been ill the whole night and right. uh, I'm playing. <laughs> and that's when I found out uh, literally about an hour before the game started that I was playing. So I started having a few throws and then Andrew Flintoff, a very good friend of mine, gave me my test cap, which was very yeah. fitting because we've known, I've known Freddie since I was 15. And yeah, uh, yeah we've, uh, you know, we've had yeah. some good times together and yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a great test match. You scored, you, uh, you scored 100, yeah. Yeah, nearly scored 100. I got 88. Uh, yeah. Raul Dravid, for some reason, decided to bowl first in Mumbai on a very, very good wicket. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we ended up getting a lot of runs and uh, yeah, we bowled them out. And then we got some runs again and then we bowled them out again. It was, yeah, it was a great test match. It was a great five days career. Yeah. And we ended up drawing a series in India, which was, uh, which was unheard of. Yeah, it was. It was. And then you had to wait three <laughs> months to get your second test. Yeah, unfortunately, I had to wait. I was dropped straight away, which again, I couldn't really understand mm. uh, after performing well, I felt. And uh, that second test match at Lords didn't go very well. I wasn't in good form. Right. Uh, but I guess I got picked because there was an injury to Michael Vaughan and I was the next yeah. player next yeah. who was supposed yeah. to get picked because of my really good test match, 8, 12, 13 months ago, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, a year and a half later, I wasn't playing that well at that time I had right. I hadn't really scored many runs so I, and it didn't surprise me that I didn't really score that many runs in the test match right. and then I got dropped again for another year <laughs> uh, so yeah. yeah it's been it was this really really strange scenario that I wasn't getting picked in the test test match cricket right. Um, right. it is what it is what can you do yeah I mean for us in India obviously Oesha was was one of the main days in, in that team um, of of you know the late 2000s, early early 2010 uh, in that space, Oisha was definitely a mainstay. You know, there's there's a stat that's out there, and I'm I, I do not know if you're aware of this, but um, there's a select group of people of of cricketers who've um, and I'm going to read them out to you. So it's Vivius Lakshman, Irfan Patan, Ishan Sharma, Noan Zoisa, Matthew Wade, Alistair Cook, and Oisha. Uh, so this elite group of people are all gentlemen who've played more than 50 ODI games and not been a part of a World Cup uh, 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 or not featured in the World Cup. Um, so you've obviously uh, you know, played for a prolonged period of time. You've devoted so much to the game. And there have been instances where the opportunity has nearly come uh, or in fact has come. You've taken it and it hasn't come back to you again. Um, mm. So, how much is is patience uh, and dealing with failure a part of being a professional cricketer? I think you know. For me, I believe in controlling what you can control, right? And leave the rest to whatever 
is meant to be. I mean, I'm, I'm a religious guy. I'm a Muslim boy. So I believe in Allah. So I, I leave everything to God. I understand and, what you're saying. Yeah. And, I, I, but, but I do believe that I need to do what I can do right. to give myself the best opportunity. So if I would work hard and make sure I get enough runs to say, well, who is the leading batsman in England? Well, always sharp because he's got the most runs. Right. As long as I can do that after that, I can't control anything. I don't control what the selectors think. I don't control if the captain of England wants me in the team or not. You can't control those things. Uh, and that's how I sort of got through things. So I never worried about it too much. So we, we also also read a report a couple of, not a couple, yeah, a couple of years ago that Oisha was one of the names in the reckoning for, you know, the India women's cricket team job. Is that right? Was, was that a job? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I applied for that. I applied for that. I felt I could. I could do that job. I felt I could make a difference. I felt I could connect uh, with the Asian culture. Uh, And, 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 you know, there's a, there's, when I speak about certain stuff, I'm, I know, like I mentioned earlier, even that I understand because for me, India, Pakistan are more or less the same country Mm. um, in terms of culture and, and, and how they live. It's practically the same. So, I understand the pressures that players have uh, culturally, which I think people from the West might not understand that. Mm. Um, so, you know, connecting with the players, I feel I have the advantage. I can speak fluent Hindi. Uh, again, another way of connecting with the players. Yeah. I know everybody can speak English nowadays, but I think, I think also connecting uh, on a level, I think it, I believe that I have that advantage. So that's what I thought I could do, you know, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm young. I'm a young guy. I'm enthusiastic. I'm into fitness. So, yeah, I did apply for the job, but obviously I didn't, didn't get it. Would you be interested in the job then, you know, in, in the time to come? Is, is women's cricket a space and especially the Indian women's cricket job? Is, is that something that, you know, that you have in your sights going forward? Of course. Um, I, think English, I, think Indian, um, I think women's sport right now is in a really, really good place. And I think it's a great opportunity for someone like myself to get into the coaching world there and, and try and show what I can do. Um, of course, if that job came along, you know, it would be an international cricket coach. I mean, wow. I mean, who wouldn't want to coach a country? Uh, my coaching journey has took me to Bangladesh, which is what I mentioned earlier. I had a bit of success there, which is great. And I'm kind of hoping other, I can get into involved with other tournaments or other Coaching opportunities. Uh, depends where they, are, where they are in the world. Um, yeah, I would love to go and explore uh, the world of coaching. No problem. Thank you, buddy. If you love this episode of the cricketnews.com podcast then please press subscribe so you don't lose out on any of the latest news and new conversations with some of the great guests from the world of cricket apna dhyan rakhiye dusron ka dhyan rakhiye aur sunte rahiye the cricketnews.com podcast aur follow kijiye cricketnews.com for coverage and analysis of the game see you next saturday bye bye इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया 
अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट